0: Sermon. This is uh, uh, the title that was given: "Is Fasting and Power Ministry," and the main passage is going to be out of Mark chapter nine. Um, but I wanted to start off with this. We're talking about uh, power ministry, and Jesus had power ministry, and that's so exciting. But I, I wanted to start off with Philippians uh, two because. Sometimes when we're like, hey, you need to be like Jesus. The thing is, well, Jesus was God. And when we talk about power ministry and we're talking about being like Jesus, sometimes it's like, hey, can I really get there? Can I really be like Jesus? Can I really have this ministry that Jesus had? Because Jesus was God. But when we look into these things and the discipline Jesus had in Jesus' life on this earth, we need to really grasp this thought, is that he came as fully as a man. He set aside the things that made him God and be poured out and he became a man. So when we think of, am I going to minister like Jesus Yes, we can minister like Jesus because he set an example and he came fully as a man, fully as God, but he laid these things out. So that's why I wanted to start in Philippians chapter 2. And it says this, and I'm going to read verses 5, 6, and 7. And this is about Jesus. And, and I didn't really have to start at 5 to get my point, but I just really like it. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. He's saying, have the same mind as Jesus. And this is what he said. Who, being in form of God, do not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He's He's saying, hey, Jesus, it wasn't unfair comparison when Jesus said he was like God. Because he was God. It wasn't robbery. It wasn't unfair comparison. It says that being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. So when we start talking about this power of ministry and fasting and following after Jesus in his footsteps, know this is that he poured himself out and became like us. So when we when we say, hey, I can have the same ministry of Jesus, we can. Because he did it as form of a man. And he sets us examples. All right. So that's, I just wanted to start off with that because... You know, in, in my life, it's like so often it's like, well, you know, hey, Jesus had unfair advantage. You know, <laughs> he was God. And so, sure, he could do better than I. And of course, Jesus could do better. You know, Jesus was God and, and he, he was the example. He was our Messiah. But he poured himself out and he's given us a pathway that we can follow. So when Jesus did these things, we could do these things too. All right, so, so that, that's what I want this to talk about. So Jesus is like this a man. He models this power of ministry. And, and we can have this power of ministry also. And that's exciting to me. I, uh, as I said, the teaching has been so great. And I wanted to start off my sermon with a quote from Mary from last week. Uh, Mary Getz was here. And she did a wonderful job. This is what she said. Fasting is a key spiritual practice for the followers of Jesus that is grounded in his life, teachings, and the lives of the apostles. So, so, so Mary said this. And, and it's so, so I just wanted to say it again, because this is a practice that Jesus and the apostles did. And it's a practice that should be throughout the church today as we go in through history. Let's turn to, to Mark chapter 9. Everything marked here? Okay, Mark chapter 9. Now I'm not going to read this whole passage. I think uh, Jacob did the slides, put it all up there. But let's turn to go to, to uh, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, 23 is where we're going to actually start reading. But let me just fill in a little bit. Mark chapter 9 is a powerful book of the Bible. I encourage you to read it and spend time with it. It starts off where, where Jesus takes a few of his disciples, goes up on the mountain of prayer, and he was transformed. It's a, trans, a, a transformation. He was transfigured, and, 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 and Elijah came, and it was just all these cool things happened. Okay, so I, it's well uh, worth reading. So they're out there on the mountaintop, they have this great experience, and they're coming back down to the rest of the disciples. As they come back down to the rest of the disciples, there's a father and a son there. And this, this, this father brought this son there because he was, he was an epileptic, he was deaf, and he was filled with a, the scripture says a, a, a mute demon and whatever, but he had all these issues, and he would go into these seizures and actually go into the fall into the fire and all kind of stuff, and and the disciples uh, didn't know what to do. They prayed and they they couldn't they couldn't take care of this father and son, and so Jesus comes and he finds out what's happening, and this is where we're going to pick up in, in verse twenty three. And, and, and Jesus said, said to the, to, to, to the father, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes immediately, the father of the child cried out and and said with tears, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out and convulsed greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead. And so many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast them out? And so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Okay. So here we have, there's a lot of great things in this scripture here. Um, Just what the father responded, you know, Lord, I believe help my unbelief, but we're here. I want to talk about fasting today. So we're really going to concentrate on this last section here where and yeah, anyway don't, I, I, I gave those notes like um, Thursday or Wednesday to Jake and since then I've changed a lot so <laughs> so, so don't blame the, the, the projector person because I'm going to say things that are not up on this note here so it, it's, it's not Nikita's fault it's mine <laughs> It's mine. So I'm going to talk about a couple things here today. And, and that, that, that God wants us to fast. But there's two types of fast that I want to talk about. I want to talk about a fast as a discipline and, and then a called fast. Okay, what we're doing in, in the beginning of the year at the Gospel Tab is a called fast. It's a corporate fast. It's called to start the year and it's good. There's, there's all the history of called fast. But what Jesus is saying, when he said, said this, this spirit comes out, this thing, your prayers weren't answered because this comes out with prayer and fasting. He was not telling them to go fast for three days and come back. What he was telling them, that he was able to do it because he had a life of prayer and fasting. Okay? And, and when we talk about spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines... Are, are the secret of a, a, of a powerful Christian life because spiritual disciplines are, are what gets us close to God and close to the things of God and that brings power into our life. And so Jesus is saying that you don't have the right spiritual disciplines right now to cast that person out, that to fix that situation. Jesus did because he lived the life of fasting. He lived the life of prayer. He had these spiritual disciplines. And so, so when we talk about fasting, it's so great to, that we have the called fast on a regular basis. But fasting is so much more. And in fact, fasting throughout, there's so many scriptures. I, I was all over the Bible when I was looking at scriptures of fasting. It's, the Bible is full of examples of fasting. But today in our culture, in our church culture, fasting is limited usually to the beginning of the year or every once in a while. Fasting needs to be part of our regular experience as Christians when we talk about this. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Let me read some of these notes here. Okay. So we'll look at the two types of fasting. One is the fasting as a discipline. Okay. Um. Jesus lived a life of spiritual disciplines all through the scripture. I just want to read this one, but you'll find it all over the place in the New Testament. So he himself often withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Jesus was always going away to pray. He was always going away to fast. Okay. He was always having these experiences. You can look through the scripture where where these things were happening right before he walked on the water. What was he doing? He was away praying, and fasting right when he was in Samaria with the Samaritan woman you know he's there he's not eating and he has this discussion and then when the disciples come back with food they're like hey and he's like no I don't want to eat because he had this spiritual experience and he said that's my food you know so Jesus had this this lifestyle of prayer and fasting and it started his ministry started with fasting and then you could turn to To Matthew 4 1 through 11 he started and and Matthew 4 starts out this way and Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and we know this story and and that's the verse 1 but I'm not going to read the whole thing but it goes through all these temptations Jesus fasted for 40 days which is a miracle that's a miracle fast Okay, if someone said they fasted for forty days, it's a miracle. Unless you know, you could fast water. You can have a water and fast for forty days, but you you can't live without water. You know, and so Jesus had a a miracle fast, which was pretty cool. But during this time, he was tempted. He was tempted, um, uh, and it it goes over. And and if you all remember? How he responded to these temptations. Someone said it over there. The word of God. Word of God. So I'm not going to go over the instance. And, and that's a fascinating study. If you want to say. Hey I'm being tempted. You know Jesus temptation. Meets all of our temptations. He was tempted all the same ways. We talked about. about um, suicide and Depression. Okay, Jesus, what 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 was he said? He was lifted up. He said, "Throw yourself down," you know. So all these temptations that 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 um, that that people have, Jesus went through and answered by the word of God. Anyway, but that's not my sermon. But the sermon is during this time he's fasting, and 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 it's a powerful thing. He fasted. He was tempted. He did not sin in the midst of temptation. And he came out. Listen to this. He came out of that time full of power. Okay. Jesus fasted. Jesus was tempted. He did not sin. He came out full of power. Full of power. And if you read on Matthew 4.23, it says this. Um, And and right afterwards, in Matthew 4, 23, it said, Now Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. You know, Jesus came out of that time of temptation. He hasn't even picked the disciples yet. And he's out there healing. And he came out with power. Now... Some of you might know this that this last week that a, a couple of very popular people died. One was Jeff Beck. He was the guitarist for the Yardbirds. But hey, I'm old, so <laughs> Jeff Beck died. And also, uh, Pastor Jack Hayford died. And Pastor Jack Hayford was a, a mighty humble, uh, mighty man of God. And uh, Christine and I, we were influenced much by Jack Hayford's life. Uh, for years, we did um, a thing that came out of Jack Hayford's teacher, teaching called Cleansing Stream, which is uh, uh, deliverance, discipleship. And, um, and so Jack Hayford just was a powerful, humble man. But he said about this passage, and I just want to share a quote uh, from... We, uh, when we did that ministry, uh, a lot of his quotes were in it. Jack Hayford said this, Many Christians lack power because they sin when they're tempted. Mm. Many Christians lack power because they sin when they're tempted. If we allow Jesus in us to stand up to temptations, then we will come out of that time of temptation with his power. Well, listen, listen, so often we we give in to temptation because hey we 're just human, hey, you know, hey, you know Jesus will forgive me, and Jesus will forgive us i 'm not saying jesus won 't forgive us, but we could be so much more powerful in Christ that if we allow him to rise up and join our temptation that 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 we'll come out with so much more victorious power and 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 Jack Hayford. 88 years just testimony of testimony testimony of power ministry that's what we're talking about a power ministry uh, through 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 his his life so amen so here we have this we as the disciples of christ need to follow jesus in example of spiritual disciplines and, and I'm not going to go into the scriptures, these, but I know you can find them if you read the Bible. In fact, we just read one now in verse 23. Jesus went to the synagogues. So Jesus went to church. So this has to be part of our discipline. If we want to be uh, 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 filled with his power, we want power ministry. Then we need to follow the disciplines of Christ. And he... Read and memorized the scripture. He read and memorized the scripture all the time. He he was quoting the scripture all through the news. He, it just didn't happen. He spent a life where he read and memorized the scripture. We need to read the Bible and we need to memorize the scripture. Jesus prayed. Jesus fasted. Jesus was generous. You could go on and on and on. We as Christians. Jesus did this all. As, as fully man. He did all these things. And and if we're going to be like Christ. We need to have these spiritual disciplines. In the Bible. This is a. A, a month of sermons about fasting. So. So I'm going to zone into the fasting aspect. Because so often in the church. We don't fast. As a discipline. And um, I didn't include it. There's one passage where the. Where the. Um. The Pharisees came and said, why aren't your why aren't your disciples fasting? Because fasting was the life of the Jewish community. They fasted. okay. and he said, well, they're not fasting now because they're with the bridegroom. But there will be a coming day that they will fast. Okay. and here Jesus expects us. As believers to fast, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast. Let me read the scripture, Matthew six sixteen. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Or surely I say to you, they have the reward. But I want to focus on that section. When you fast. He doesn't say if you fast. Then he goes on. Actually, another passage earlier on in Matthew 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room. Then you should shut your door and pray to your Father who sees in the secret place. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Okay, so here in these passages, when you say, Hey, you know, God understands. God, I don't really need to fast. I don't really need to pray. God knows me. I've even heard people say, Why should I pray because God knows my thoughts? But here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you pray, when you fast, not if you pray or if you fast. This needs to be part of our rhythm, okay? And our, our fasting needs to be much more than 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 a planned and called fast. I'm not knocking a called fast. We're going to talk about them in a second. But we need to have a fasting rhythm. That, that's in our life. R- Ruth Haley Barton says this, uh, this is the most hopeful thing any of us can say about spiritual transformation. I cannot transform myself or anyone else for that matter, but I can. what I can do is create conditions in which spiritual transformation can take place by developing and maintaining a rhythm of spiritual practices that keep me open and available to God. So these spiritual practices need to include fasting. And, um, you know, so we need to, to say, hey, this needs to be. Over the years, I have fasted in different ways. You know, some fast monthly, weekly, whatever works for you. There was a season in my life that I went away for prayer prayer retreats a few times a year, um, and then I would go. One of my most favorite places to go is when we lived outside of Washington, D.C. There was this place that it was actually inside the Beltway. Well, you probably don't understand what that means, but inside the Beltway is like, it's a mess in traffic. So if you're inside the Beltway, everything takes hours to go anywhere. So inside the Beltway in Montgomery County, there's this this place called Day Spring Spiritual Retreat. It's a silent retreat place. Not only can you go there and and I went there for times of fasting, but you're not allowed to talk either. So you're not they don't even want you praying out loud if you're in the place. If someone's around, they don't want you to even pray out loud. It's silent. You've got to be silent. Then once a day, they would have a, a, a led prayer meeting. And this, uh, James has one on the community. I should have one barred in it. Where in the middle of the prayer, the, the person who lead the prayer would hold up this little sort of bell thing. It's like, a, it's like a, a, an upside down thimble. I mean gong, but it's small. And he would hit it. Bing. And then, then they would have this one prayer that everyone would say, Jesus, bring peace to my family. It's big breath. That's it. Then you'd sit there and then he'd lead us and and he'd say, Jesus, do this, and everybody would repeat it once a day. But you know, that idea of fasting and prayer and getting away, not for any particular purpose, but as a discipline. As a discipline. When gas was cheaper (laughs) when gas was cheaper, I used to like to go for prayer drives. Now, I get paid to go for prayer drives. I drive, I drive up and down Franklin Avenue six times a day when I drive. And as I go, I pray for the different places. I pray for the homes here and stuff. And I'll beep it if I see people. Anyway, so, but we need a rhythm of fasting as part of our spiritual disciple our disciplines. It needs to be a rhythm. And You know, I I remember when I lived in New Jersey, I worked for the YMCA, and I was a building supervisor. And I would open up the building really early in the morning for those people that like to get up really early in the morning and go to the gym. And so I would open the building. There was me and the lifeguard, and we'd open the building. There's one guy who came who was super fit, uh, came to the building he would fast three days every month. And it was a cleansing fast. He was not spiritual at all. <laughs> but he did that. Cleansing fast. So I think that, that if a peop- someone in the world could say and recognize that I need to cleanse myself by fasting, how much more as Christians that we need to cleanse ourselves by fasting? So... So I'm not saying you need to fast once a month, but you need to find your rhythm for fasting. And it needs to be much more than a called fast. Okay? There are good reasons to have a called fast. Over the years, uh, uh, I came from the Assemblies of God and now in the Alliance, that that every year often it starts up with a time of fasting and prayer. And this is great. It's a good way to start the year. It's a good way to corporately get focused. It's a good way. Uh, the whole Greenhouse Network is fasting now. So it's a, it's a good way as just brothers and sisters that are doing life together to get in sync with together. So I, I encourage you to, to do the corporate fast. Last week, uh, Mary was in, in the Prophet Joel where it said, Call the assembly together. Call for everyone to come for a corporate fast. If there's an emergency, there's a good reason to pray. When when I first became a Christian, there was a book out there called The Esther Fast Mandate. The Esther Fast Mandate was written by someone who was with Jews for Jesus. So, but it was all about how we should fast for Israel because Esther, and this is this is a powerful thing about Esther. Esther called for a fast for the nation of Israel. Before, Because they were facing genocide. So when there's an emergency, when there's tragic things happen, it's, it's all right to fast and call for a fast. So Esther called for a fast before she went in and that she would have favor with the king. And she would have favor with the king. And God granted her the favor because what Esther did was actually punishable for, uh, by death. Because she was not supposed to approach the king on her own, so she did something that was endangering her life to save her people. so she asked her uh, Mordecai to to tell people to fast, and they fasted for three days on behalf of genocide and, and It was an emergency. Another good reason to have a called fast is if you 're seeking direction every time. Christine and I felt uh, uh, sensing God moving us and sensing the new direction of our assignment, we would fast and pray. I remember we were, uh, the ministry we met in, um, after we were married, hired us, and we were both working there. And, and this was in Toronto. And there's a lot of good things about this ministry, but there were some things happening that, that we felt uh, brought reproach not only on to us, but to the name of God, and these things were happening, and we were starting to be really uncomfortable. And, and we loved the people involved in this ministry, but we felt this. And so on New Year's Day, we we decided that we were going to fast um, separately. So we went our both same directions on New Year's Day, and we lived um, on, just off a of Lakeshore Drive in Toronto. And Lakeshore Drive means that it was walking to the distance of the lake. So I walked down to the lake, and we were praying. And Christine, she probably didn't go outside. It's New Year's Day. She doesn't like the cold. She's Canadian. I'm not, but she doesn't like the cold. So she stayed and prayed at home. But, um, so I was out the cold. But after we prayed, we came back together, and we felt God release us and tell us that, that it was time to go. And um, we left that ministry, and God—it's this whole God story, how that all happened. But we left that ministry within five years. That ministry quit operating, and um, and you look at a time because uh, it, it was because this history of reproach on this one area was there, and and we felt that we couldn't be involved in it. But God showed us a direction, and before we moved here, we were in Maryland. We went on an extended um, Daniel fast. If you want to know more about a Daniel fast, ask us. We've done it uh, many times. Um, it's a powerful way. It's it's becoming uh, Mr. Henry's diet. It's vegan, and um, so um, so so we went on an extended um, Daniel fast, and we felt God release us, and then we came here, um, and that's a whole story. But. We, we came to Aliquippa not knowing anything about the Aliquippa. We saw a house, and um, we saw the house probably afternoon. By 7 o'clock that night, we owned it. Wow. So, so we, we, we just felt God releasing us and, and then provided for that. So, um, so we did these things. Okay. Okay. Um, There is greater spiritual power available to all Christians. And one of the key is in prayer and fasting. Why do I say this? Jesus said it. He said this one comes out with prayer and fasting. I'm I'm not saying anything that Jesus didn't say. There's greater power for us as Christians if we pray and fast. Okay? And and so often we're like, well, if God's going to... There is an overemphasis on the sovereignty of God. And this holds people back. Well, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. Okay? God is giving us instructions. And part of that instruction is this will come out through prayer and fasting. And this means that there's greater power available if we pray and fast. Man. Man. It's, it's what he says. And so often in the church, people don't clue into it. And they're like, wow, I, you know, I, I don't have any. God has to do it all. Okay, God works and does it. But he's using us for it. There's, there is a power in a life that pursues spiritual disciplines. Um, one thing that Mary referenced last week is she said, You know, all the time when she sees people that she feels that are super spiritual or have it all together, if you look under their lives, they have spiritual discipline. There's power available with spiritual discipline. I didn't know Joel was going to be here, but I was planning to use his name today. So in this place, now maybe I'm misquoting you on this, but I've heard Joel say that there's something about this space here That is is special spiritually. And it's because of all the prayers that go on. One of the first things we found out when we moved here. That they have prayer here three days a week. Three times a day. Five times a week. Well, they have a, a Saturday service. So six. Now we're here. So they have prayer here. We have prayer here in this space. Six days a week. Seven. Eight. Oh, that's a Beatles song. No. (laughs) So because of that, there is a special thing that's happening here. Why? Because people are practicing spiritual discipline. And spiritual discipline, whether we like it or not, brings the power of God. A new sense of God. It's a powerful thing. Listen. Listen. When I say this, I'll say it. Okay. Do I got time? Yes, I'll say it. Okay. And this is really dating myself. Don't be an olive oil Christian. Do you know who olive oil is? Who is olive oil? Popeye's girlfriend. Are they married? (laughs) <laughs> but now, the classic, they, they've been making Popeye since 1919 or something. And this is how the classic story goes that I remember. Okay, um, Popeye and Olive Oil are hanging out together, they're having a good time. And then Bluto or Bruto. Brutus. It depends. It depends which year, you know. But he looks the same, but sometimes he's Pluto, sometimes he's Brutus. And olive oil, for some reason, runs off with Bluto. All the time. What's with olive oil that she runs off with Bluto all the time? And this is the story Popeye goes. She gets runs off, and then he—it's he, like she starts starts calling help, help, help. I don't know why you went with her in the first place, with him in the first place, and and then Popeye eats a spinach and rescues her. This is it. It's that's every comic. Is it the movie too? I don't know. Uh, Robin, I remember Robin Williams being in the movie, but not. It's a long time ago. I'm old. I don't remember things as well. So why I'm saying this is, so often in the church, we're like olive oil. We don't have the spiritual disciplines, and we get swept away by our own decisions into places that we shouldn't be, in situations we shouldn't be, and then we have trouble that we shouldn't have. And then we start turning to God. Then we start fasting. Then we start praying. And guess what? God comes back and dramatically rescues us. Because he's always like that. When we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. But olive oil Christians will have more dramatic testimonies. In fact, all of Christians often have a great testimony and people who are excited. well, God rescued from that, well, that situation, whatever it is. And it's so exciting that God rescued from that situation. But the reality, they shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. <laughs> and the reality is, as Christians, if we develop the spiritual practices in our lives, slow and steady. We might not ever have a dramatic rescue like the olive oil Christian. But we'll have a more powerful life. We'll have a more blessed life and we'll have a more focused life. We might not have the testimony of of just being close to whatever and being rescued. Now God rescues. He's, He's there. He rescues. And we might not have the greatest testimony. You know, we had a lady uh, we knew years ago that was like this olive oil Christian. She was always in trouble. She was always, this was happening, that was happening. And I remember being over there, helping her and ministering to her. and, And she says, you'll never understand what I'm going through because your life is so blessed at the time um, my mother-in-law had, had just recovered from breaking her neck and being a pair, a pair of blue teeth and she was, she was out she was walking again but Christine would be running to Canada taking the kids we, our ministry I was, was working and she was running to Canada all these things happening and, and we just got through all of that, and my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And so I, I would, I, I would uh, get out of church on Sunday and, and then drive up and spend times with him. And we're going through. So we're going through all this stuff. But this lady said, you won't understand because your life is blessed. And why did she think our life was blessed is because in the midst of this, we had spiritual disciplines. That we're holding us tight to God. See, spiritual bliss disciplines and fasting it's, its its not about us doing the work. It's about us being in the proximity of those that are doing the work, and that's God. When we pray and fast, and we have spiritual discipline, we are in His proximity. We're with Him, and so when, even though we could be going through hell. We can still have the joy of the Lord because of what He's done for us. Because we're in His proximity. We are in that place. We're receiving that power with Him. Okay. You, can, you can fast and pray and not get any answers. And that happens. You could have your fasting discipline. You could call a fast. You could call a fast for an emergency you can call FASTA. Unfortunately, we just had another shooting uh, in Aliquippa. And, uh, a, father was killed and who, a father was killed who homeschooled his two children. Oh, wow. And he was the primary uh, homeschooler. He was, he, he, he was out on disability. He homeschooled his kids, and he was shot and killed. And so now we have a family that's broken and messed up. And we could call fast for these things and it would be a good idea to call fast for these types of things. But we could call fast for these types of things and never get an answer. But it puts us in the proximity of those that, that's working. It puts us in that proximity of Jesus. And and I look in my own life. I looked in my life. And I, I prayed and fasted for my dad to be healed of cancer. I prayed and fasted for Christine's parents and um, Christine's mom, she 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 was paralyzed for months, but she did walk again. Praise God. Okay, I prayed and fasted for my dad to be healed. Um, he wasn't, but I got closer to God. And the thing is, in the midst of pain. My dad grew closer to God. My dad grew closer to God. It was noticeable to everyone, everyone in the family. It was like my dad became tender, kind. Okay, yeah, I'm saying that, but my dad wasn't always tender and kind. He always loved us, but he was known as the grumpy man, you know, so he became tender and kind. And, and through his cancer, when he started, especially near the end, he had a prayer list and he would pray. Uh, I never seen my, you know, growing up, I didn't see my dad praying for anything. My mom did all the praying, but my dad had a prayer list and he prayed and prayed. And even though he was not healed, everybody grew closer to God. And we prayed and fasted. So sometimes we think, wow, I've done all this. And it hasn't happened. But that's not the point. The point is, God's bringing us on this journey. In the midst of these things, we have joy. In the midst of these things, we have joy. Praying and fasting has nothing to do with your works. It has to do with your proximity to the one who does the work. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your great love. God, I just pray, Lord, that that in this season, that we would come out with power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.